are men who never think about bat caves or batarangs or shark repellent bat spray. There are men who never tried to do the Batusi alone at home with nobody watching. And then there's Adam Bernstein and Doug Bost. Two men who should have better things to do but aren't doing them right now. These are two grown-ass men. Grown-ass men. With special bat guests, Sam Mastandrea and Sean Wasson. Welcome to another Grown-Ass Men, where we discuss the Batman. so dark, darker than night. Look at my face, I'm the Batman. Don't ask me my mood, shut out the light. I'll sit and brood, I'm the Batman. Just one look in my eyes, there's no surprise. There's a darkness in my soul Oh yes Oh yes I am the Batman <laughs> That was the whole reason you wanted to see it, right? Just for the I, I've always called it the Batman. I thought it was always much cooler than just plain old Batman. And they finally got that part right. So that was a, that was a real victory, I thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, always, I thought, you know, going into it, that it wasn't going to be the Batman. It was just going to be a Batman at best. Mm. A Batman. You know, one or one of the Batman. But I, I thought it was really much better than that. I thought it kind of deserved the the by the time we got to the third hour <laughs> i've uh yeah, you know i gave it a solid b on facebook i was talking to our friend uh paco taylor yeah i answered a, a post of his and he was like what does people think of the batman and i said yeah i gave it a solid b yeah so we all got together and had a grown-ass outing and went to see it and we had dinner we sat with our masks on in alamo and watched it in a pretty it was a pretty full theater Yes. It was nice. Yeah, it was kind of nice. I have to say, that was my favorite thing, was just being, I just liked being out in the theater. It felt like it was much more a Silence of the Lambs type movie than it was a superhero movie. Yeah, it had like a dash of like Seven, like the vibe of like Seven with the, David, was Finch, that was Fincher, right? Yeah, it was a detective movie. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that I thought was really interesting about it that I kind of liked was that uh, he was Batman almost the whole time. Like, yes. there wasn't a lot of Bruce Wayne in this movie at all. You you have um, most of these Batman movies that you go to see. Uh, I always feel like the actors want to spend a lot of time without the mask on because, you know, George Clooney doesn't want everybody to see him, you know, just in the mask. The whole, but this guy was like, just give me the costume. <laughs> yeah. I was looking uh, that uh, Ben Affleck was supposed to star in this movie and direct and help with the script. Wow. And he bailed out. Thankfully. 
thankfully for all of us, right? Yeah, they did the right thing. Yeah. You said something, I, I think, I can't remember which one of you, after we saw it, said something I totally agree with, which was that um, this actor, Robert Pattinson, is so naturally broody that yeah, he yeah, really works as a Batman. Yeah, well, he's signed on for two more movies. Wow. As are the, a lot of the other characters. And there's also going to be HBO uh, series with the Penguin. I heard when they filmed this that, um, because it was during the height of COVID, yeah. um, a lot of the cameras were remote robotic cameras. So like a lot of times he might've been acting and there weren't even like people filming in, you know what I mean? He was just like alone wow. in a room. Yeah. Which has got to be weird in some ways. Kind of felt like that though. Like he, he did kind of feel like he was all sort of lonely on his own. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. It's, Oh, but I also felt like, as we, as we had said, it was just too long. Like, you could have removed a half hour of his brooding face and easily <laughs> got the whole story in there. Well, you I was going to say that I would like to ask both of you for a favorite and least favorite thing about The Batman by Matt Reeves. I liked that it was the like detective side of him and it seemed less sort of um, like cartoony comic booky, uh, although the more recent ones haven't been, but like, you know, some of the early ones felt a little like cartoonish. And, um, and I like the fact that, you know, they kind of continued on that kind of darker path, but then subsequently, so similarly, like that was also another thing where you're like, wow, I'm really surprised it's a dark brooding tape take on the Batman, you know? Um, so <laughs> it's a double-edged sword. Did you see that meme of like all the different Batmans throughout time and each one progressively gets so dark you could hardly see them? <laughs> so you have 1966 Batman, Adam yeah, West. he's very it's, well lit. It's right? like yeah, lit yeah, the yeah. way we're talking right now. And yeah, the, yeah, in yeah. The, the new one, it's like you can't, it's just like a black square. <laughs> You can't see anything. Well, I think they also, I, I remember I was saying, I thought they shot it on film and um, I, I'm pretty sure they did. And that was to try and hide some of the CGI, like blend in some of the CGI. So it's a little softer and not as like apparent. Um, so I don't know if they do that as well. Like if they make the movies darker, if, if that helps, like it, it doesn't expose it maybe as much. Oh yeah. I think you can hide so much. But, the they didn't have, I mean, I'm sure there were a lot of effects in it, but it didn't feel like heavy on special effects. It felt like the biggest like visual effect was the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, completely New York City, but with but Gotham. Gothic, yeah, really Gothic. Gotham, Gotham put on everything, you know. Yeah. Actually, that was related to what I, something I really liked about it was that all the fight scenes and even like scenes where he's like going up and down a building weren't so cut a million times. So you could actually kind of see him fighting. It was, you know, so realistic. In that it was regard. a little realistic. And it apparently, you know, Batman in this is only 30 years old. So he's not like an experienced Batman really yet. So, you know, he's kind of figuring the whole thing out, though he certainly figured out how to have armor. And and uh, 
catch it on with Catwoman. Yeah. I mean, you know. But, but I mean, but really, was this Batman and Daredevil interchangeable? Aren't they just both, you know, the same? <laughs> yeah, but like more, you mean this this particular version or in general, like the... This the particular TV version and... really felt like the way, you know, yeah, Frank Miller. Um, yeah. You know, it even looked like his portrayal of Batman, the way he looked. Well, it really looks to me like David Mazzuccelli version of Catwoman. Some mm. of it. Uh from those year um, one Batman year one comics. Yeah. Yeah. Like totally. When you first see her at her house and with all her cats and everything, it really felt like Mazzuccelli's version. But then the later stuff, like once she starts putting on a costume and going around with Batman, it really felt like the, the current Tom King comics. Right. Definitely. So what weird. was your least favorite thing, Adam, about the, about the movie? I mean, I just felt like to see the another brooding Batman over and over, you know, on the screen, just looking at his big old face. I still, I guess I feel like they still don't know how to do it. To make it, you know, it doesn't matter who plays it. Even though I like this one a lot more than some of the others. It still feels like just so much just like Batman's the hard life. Alfred is sort of there, but he's take care of Batman, but he's annoyed at him. You know, it's like the same thing. They they reboot it every time. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's been good about the Marvel movies. They really have not been rebooted, and they just keep going into different places. Sometimes successfully, sometimes less so. You I know, think whatever. also like those movies, if they were tighter, like if they weren't as long, if they were kind of tight, and there's less like. B plot story, like there was the whole thing with his dad, and I guess they needed that 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 there for certain plot points. But like, if they just make it a real tight, like bad guy, he's got to get the bad guy. You know what I mean? Like, and and still do it with an interesting, you know, take on it. But like, it, when it starts veering all these different places, I feel like it gets a little long winded, and that's when it. It loses energy, you know, like that. And that's what you want out of those movies. You want, like, that's why you read a comic book, whatever, you, you want that, you know, action. Sure. What about you, Doug? What did you think? I, I, my favorite thing was how visual it was. Direction of Matt Reeves was really good. I thought he really kept it alive. And I liked all the action pieces. I really liked the car chase with Penguin, you know, when Penguin's car flips over and then you see Batman walking toward him upside down. Like, I thought there were a lot of things in it that felt different for Batman visually and marked this as a really cool movie to just watch, even if the sound was off. I also really liked that Batman just would sometimes walk into a room. Like if he needed access to a place, he would actually knock on the door and ask to come in. <laughs> because yeah, right. <laughs> in a lot of Batman movies, you know, there's a lot of Batman movies where the only way he will enter a room is by crashing through the skylight. That's the only way he'll come in. Or And then if he has to leave, he'll just vanish. <laughs> and it's just seems unimaginative. But I love right. that he's, you know, walking in and, you know, he's got big boots and he has to, you know, get through the door. 
I guess the Batmobile was pretty badass. I love the Batmobile because it wasn't like a regular car. It was like some sort of nuclear engine. And it seemed like he built it himself, but he didn't have access to NASA space labs like they usually do. He didn't seem as rich. He's living in basically the Planet of the Apes set for Grand Central Station in like uh, beneath the Planet of the Apes. That's where yeah, he's like, living. Didn't, didn't they imply he was in like a tall build? Like he wasn't in, uh, or did I get it wrong? Like it didn't look like usually Wayne, Matt, like it didn't he go like underground and then he's like, he looks, he's like, oh, Alfred, he's like looking up in a building. Like, mm-hmm. he's, you know what I mean? Like he's on like the, you know, 20th floor as opposed to being. It definitely felt like the Batcave was underneath the city a building, instead of right? way like, on the outskirts of the city. But it was cool, too, that this movie really kept it about Batman. Some of the movies get overtaken by whoever plays the villain. And although Paul Dano was good as the villain, and so was Colin Farrell and all those prosthetics as Penguin, it was still Batman's movie. Yeah. And I love that Paul Dano like whips off his mask and it's Brian Wilson. What's black and white and then a loser? Why there's two women doesn't And he sings in my room. (laughs) In my room. We couldn't talk about the Batman without reaching out to our favorite expert, the ridiculously knowledgeable Bat Authority, Sean Wasson. Thank you very much for coming on and talking to us about a very important uh, emergency topic. You are the biggest Batman uh, expert I know. And I'm curious what you thought. Um, I like the movie. Uh, There was, um, I think in the other movies, even the Nolan movies, uh, it was pretty direct reference. They went back to Frank Miller once again, which I got a little, have gotten a little burned out on over the last 20 years. Every time there's a Batman anything with Batman is he was like, Oh, let's go to anything that Frank Miller wrote. And I thought Reeves did a nice job of um, putting the character into year two. We've seen the origin a bunch of times and we don't really need a rehash of that, but he actually picked up on elements of other storylines along the way and just interesting takes. I mean, um, I thought he and Paul Dano just did a phenomenal job getting together and say, this is how we want to portray the Riddler, which I think I read an interview with Dano and he's like, I'm basing it on the Zodiac killer. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he said that, I, it clicked. I'm like, I get it. I'm like, this yes, this character should be portrayed like that. We never really seen a, a really great take on the character. The character's never been given um, its due, I feel, in the in the movies, uh, you know, because it, it's a character that has so much potential. It's, it's you know, the Riddle is supposedly Batman's most brilliant opponent. And he's never really been portrayed that way. And um, there's been certain stories. This one, 
I talked about the year zero one. The other one, and I and I talked about a moment ago, was Hush, which was uh, Jeff Loeb and uh, uh, Jim Lee twenty years ago. They did a twelve issue run in Batman, and it was basically an unknown villain turned out to be Hush teaming up with the Riddler, and the Riddler figured out Bruce is Batman, uh, and they teamed up together and threw the entire Rogues Gallery at, at Bruce uh, before he finally figured it out that a character they introduced that was a childhood friend of Bruce's is actually the villain. And the Easter egg they, they dropped in this does tie in with that story by Loeb and Lee that the next enemy is not Batman's enemy, it's Bruce's enemy. Even little stuff along the way for me uh, was, I, I thought it was great texture. Uh, I didn't think anybody could top Michael Caine as Alfred. I think Andy Serkis came awfully close, um, even though he had a very small part. The hospital scene where they have the heart to heart and they hold hands was a very touching moment. It's like you don't see that very often in the movies between Bruce and Alfred. And there was no Batman in that scene. That was a Bruce and mm. Alfred moment. And those little beats, that texture that they they threw in um, to, a, to a superhero movie, you don't see that very often. So I have to give a lot of credit to Reeves and, and his direction for the film. He's mm. a good director, I think. I think he's a really yeah. solid director. I think five years ago when DC was doing the New 52, they did a reboot for Batman Year One uh, during that era. And it was basically a Riddler story. And part of the story was the Riddler took over the city, mass chaos, much like what we saw in the movie, including the flooding of the city. And when I saw that, that piece alone, I'm like, finally, they're getting away from Frank Miller. They're actually going to other good writers during the run you know, various Batman runs. And it almost felt sometimes in the movie like a live action version of the 90s cartoon. You know, hmm. and oh. you know, and, and and I say that as a compliment because I that's that's an iconic uh, cartoon series in the '90s. One of my favorite things in this movie was when Batman had a partner, even if it was briefly. Yeah. Like I thought it was really cool when he would team up with Zoe Kravitz, and when they were yes. like riding motorcycles side by side and and kicking ass together. I liked when he was working with uh, Commissioner Gordon, mm -hmm. uh, and. You know, I really liked early on, he has this kind of, you know, dialogue with Alfred where you think, oh, Alfred's going to be kind of like a ball and chain on Bruce. But then the next time you see him, he's worked out the cipher mm -hmm. of the Riddler. And I thought that was cool. Like anytime he was working with Alfred, that was good. Let me ask you this. How does this Batman, if, you know, he's going to be in a few movies, mm -hmm. how does he even begin to deal with any of the other DC characters in the rogues or are you thinking that they're going to extend the universe I don't know I mean I'm just saying like this Batman cannot be hanging with Wonder Woman or any of them it's just too street right I agree like, I agree with you on that um I don't think you could in this point in the careers um right something DC's been running with that's kind of like when did the Justice League form? Oh, it's kind of okay. like a, an unwritten rule Good question. In, in DC. Is that in the New 52, they kind of established it. And it's now kind of the unwritten rule in DC that the Justice League didn't form until the fifth year. Uh, so okay. Clark, Diana, Bruce, everybody else, uh, Hal Jordan and Barry Allen have been in action for at least two years, maybe three years. Um, so Bruce is into his fifth year mm. and before the Justice League ever formed. And now 
post new 52. So the last six years or so, that's kind of been the unwritten rule at DC. So that was established like 11 years ago when they started new 52 and DC kind of runs with that now. So I don't think Pattinson plans on being the character for that long period of time. I don't know. Um, But if they stuck to that kind of unwritten rule of DC, then you're right. Uh, Right now at year two, I, I don't think he could function with those other characters, but you season the character a little bit and if Pattinson's yeah. interested in portraying the character beyond a third movie, then, then, you know, that opens up possibilities. Great to hear you talk about it. Cause you know, it on such a different level than I think I'll speak for you, Doug, if I can, you know, just the two of us don't know it, the canon like that. Just before you go, I gave it a B. What do you guys give it? I give it a solid B. I give it a solid B. I agree. All right, all right. We're on. We're all on the same page. That's yeah. a good place to end the, the episode. Have a good night, gentlemen. Thank you, Sean Wasson and Sam Mastandrea, for talking with us about the Batman. And you know what? Thank you, Adam West, for still being, in my humble opinion, the greatest on-screen caped crusader. Grown ass man.